And our first hour of the show is going to be, as we're finding Warren Cromarty, former uh, Montreal Expo. Later on joining them will be Mike Veck, a regular, semi-regular on the show, and Jeff Idelson, the retiring president of the Baseball Hall of Fame. He's going to be retiring Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum in Cooperstown. So we're going to find Warren here in a, a minute. Well, I'll give you a little background on Warren Cromarty before, uh, before we get him. Warren uh, played uh, with the Montreal Expos between 1974 and 1983. Those were the heyday of the Expos. He was in the uh, great outfield that uh, we'd sit in the bleachers at Wrigley Field with uh, Ellis Valentine and future Cub Andre Dawson. And then he went over to um, Japan and played with the Yamari Giants between 1984 and 1990. He's got quite an eclectic uh career and want to talk to him about his post baseball career and um also the meat of our conversation will be about the montreal baseball project which he started in 2012 uh to try to bring baseball back to montreal uh the team left in 2005 to become the washington nationals and um also are you there warren i'm here how are you Thanks for joining us. You know, modern day technology, I think, is one of the biggest ripoffs we got in the world today. Let me tell you, it's li- it's live radio. But thanks, uh, we've been wanting you on the show for for a while, and um, we're going to get things rolling with you, and then we're going to have Mike Vec and Jeff Eilson, uh join us. But you know, there's so much I want to talk to you about. I was uh, prepping everybody, but let's start right now with with what's going on in Montreal. I think it's such a good idea. I want to walk backwards into your career there. But you've been very involved in bringing uh, pro ball, uh, Major League Baseball, back to Montreal. So talk about that. Well, it started in 2012 for me, for the Expos. And, um, you know, um, I was getting off a plane, and uh, I think a fan recognized me and asked me, was there a place to go when they're in Montreal to visit about the Expos? And it caught me by surprise a little bit because we we have nothing in Montreal that uh, represents the Expos, and I thought was pretty much a travesty since the with the history and all what the Expos had and all the players we had, what we've done since 1969 uh, uh, and then uh, brought the team in, and, uh, you know, uh, it was nothing there. So I took it upon myself, uh, it was a little bit of an ambitious project, to start talking about baseball again. It started in 2012. At that time in in Montreal was it was a very bad taste uh, with baseball in Montreal because of the past ownership and David Sampson and uh, other guys that came in and really didn't uh, show us any type of promise any leadership for our front office to keeping the game there and one thing led to another so I took it upon myself to start this little um, uh, this ambitious project of trying to get baseball just get people talking again in Montreal. So one thing led to another, and in between along the way, we lost Gary Carter, and um, uh, I pretty much called the city out at that time and moment. I says, "What are you going to do for What are you going to do for Gary? What are you going to do for Dawson when they go in the Hall of Fame?" I says, "We got to get talking about the Expos again." So I guess one thing led to another. Uh, the momentum took off. Since then, um, I, I put a group together. It's going on about five and a half years now. Uh, I put a good group. Group together here. We got tremendous awareness throughout throughout Major League Baseball. 
And uh, we're, right now we're on the list of uh, one of the candidates to get the expansion team, although I think we're ready to particularly purchase a team. So we're, we're in the process now since 2012. You know, we're in a position now, either we can purchase a team or we can wait on expansion. So um, uh, I'm liking where we are now. It, it happened a little quicker than I expected to with the awareness and all and with the momentum that we've been having. We have two games in Montreal, Monday and Tuesday, against uh, another exhibition game with the Toronto Blue Jays and the Milwaukee Brewers. And we've been having 60,000 people for the last four or five years now with this project and um, raising awareness. So we just sit and we just sit and we're ready. As soon as that commissioner gave us the call, we're ready. Let me ask you this: uh, What has changed in Montreal? I was saying uh, when we were, we lost you there about I, I visited a couple years ago, wandered around, I went up and saw a game in Three Rivers up there in the Can Am League and stuff. Drove around a little bit, but in terms of the business community and the feeling toward baseball, what has changed in Montreal since when you played there? Well, I think uh, the, what has changed, uh, you know, you got the wild card. Can you imagine during the time I played the Expos, and all the good teams we had, we had a wild card in there. We we had a chance of winning a couple of World Series. Uh, we don't we don't have the social media like they have the social media now. You know, revenue sharing. Uh, there's lots of things have changed now since uh, you know television monies, those types of things that uh, pretty much motivates and keeps baseball teams going. So we have that in our favor, and also you know Montreal is a five-two city. And when I say that, we have all the capabilities of bringing a Major League Baseball team back to Montreal. Jackie Robinson played in Montreal. Right. So we have, we do have the history. We have the Canadians. We have Jackie Robinson. Uh, we have the Alouettes. We have the soccer team. So, you know, uh, we're one of the largest cities in North America without one. So uh, we're ready uh, uh, for the changes. I think it works in our favor right now. Hopefully we can get, be in the American League East. When we do get our team back, because we love to see the Yankees and Boston and those types of teams to come into Montreal. Do you think, um, I'm just speaking as a fan, I, this is like a, a magazine show, just a feature show, it's not really a baseball show, but do you think the Tampa Bay franchise could move? You mentioned this. Well, you know, there's been some talk, and, you know, the thing about that, we've been real prudent as far as what we're going to say to the media. Yeah. And um, we've been real, we've been real uh, strict about that. Uh, we, with all due respect to all the other clubs, we don't really want to get into what clubs are available. We know what's out there. Things have been mentioned. The commission has mentioned, you know, Tampa's got to get their situation, the stadium situation together along with Oakland before they talk about expansion. But uh, uh, like I said before, uh, we have a, I have a good group behind us. We have the local community behind us. I think we have the government behind us. And I think we got all of Montreal behind us because we have a lot of people out there that is rooting for us to to get our team back in Montreal. So, uh, you know, it's going on, what, uh, about 13, 14 years now since we lost the team, and uh, we're, we're ready to make it happen. Okay, we're going to take a break, Warren, so don't go away. I also want to talk about some of the reunions you put together, and then we're also going to talk about your magnificent career in Japan. So we're going to take a okay. Welcome back to Nocturnal Journal on WGN. We have the great Warren Cromarty on the phone. We're talking about baseball in Montreal and then in Japan. And do we also have Mike Beck? Are you there, Mike? 
I'm here. How are you? Thanks for joining Mike, us. how are you? This is a sure pleasure. It's been a while, Mike. How are you, pal? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Can I just say this before we get started? I, you know, Mike, I, I, it's been a while since I've seen you. I know what you've been doing with baseball these past years and with the independent leagues and things of that nature, and your father was a great owner there also. But I really appreciate what you've been doing for the game, and I think you're one of the most underrated promoters in our game. I think Major League Baseball is going to use somebody like you to bring the fun back into this game. Well, I certainly appreciate that, and I uh... – I, I hope to be floating around when you get uh, uh, baseball back in Montreal, so I'm returning the favor. I really do appreciate it. And it's true. Who would ever think we need fun more now than we did 20 years ago? It's just unbelievable to me. Yes, yes. You know, you know how important. Like, that's right. People like Max Packin. Remember Max Packin, the, uh, the crown prince of baseball and what he did for for entertainment, I think baseball can use that a little bit more instead of trying to move the bases back and the mound back and who the hell else knows what they're trying to do to the game. Well, you're spot yeah, on, well, there, You're exactly right. You uh, know, it, it, the thing is, is that nobody ever objected to seeing the greatest game ever played, which is baseball, and a little bit of fun because not every night is going to be, you know, the duel of the titans. It's not going to be a pitching battle or it's not going to see – six or seven guys hit it out of the yard. But if you just make sure people go home with the belief that they had a wonderful time, they visited with their kids, their grandkids, the kids get to go with the friends down the block, then you've got fans for life. And that's what we have to devote the rest of our time and energy to is making kids feel comfortable in the ballpark rather than feeling yes. like, gee, you can't go into section because the seats are too much. Yes, yes, that's a very unfortunate thing, and I, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Warren, you were drafted by the White Sox in 1971. Yes, I was. Uh, Walt I used to be a scout for the, for the uh, White Sox, drafted me out of high school, but my, my dad wanted me to stay in uh, college a little bit, and um, I went to Miami-Dade North, the well-known junior college school down here in Miami, Bucky Dent, uh, Mickey Rivers, uh, uh, Kurt Pavacqua, myself, so we had a Pretty good uh, junior college league down there. I decided to stay. And, well, uh, Walt Widmeyer was one of the fine – he was really one of the terrific um, scouts, um, and not just of his day. And really, uh, he never really got the um, kind of uh, coverage and, and credit I thought that he was due. He worked hard, and, and he had a great eye, man. And he, he – Yes, he did. Dombrowski will tell you to this day that he probably had more influence – Walt had more influence on his career than almost anybody in the White Sox organization. You know, kind man, kind man, and knew his new baseball. Yeah, I can tell why you guys get along because you both kind of kind of think outside of the box, and you've had such eclectic careers. Um, Michael, did you know that Warren uh, jammed with Rush? <laughs> no, and I, I can tell you that those guys um, are one of the fine. Uh, bands of all time. I, people just because they're Canadian, people don't realize what a f unbelievable ensemble. I mean, those those guys are are really world class musicians. And yeah, and Getty's only yeah. like what the third or fourth biggest baseball fan in the history of the world. I'm telling you, now, you know, I'm very close with them. Uh, actually, I got a chance to be put on their album. You go to the, the, the album Subdivisions. 
And you, uh-huh. you turn the album, you turn the album over in the top left hand corner. Yeah, they dedicated that record, that album to me. And um, you know, uh, he's a baseball. We met, we met uh, Montreal uh, at the studio. They were recording subdivisions. Uh, I had a couple of days off, so I drove up there and, and I met the boys. And I didn't really realize how much uh, that guy is a baseball nut. And uh, he does a lot for Major League Baseball. He's got a hell of a museum in his home. I'm pretty much blessed. You know, Warren, I heard that he has one of the great baseball, signed baseball collections. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. He got them all. He donated, I think he donated a dozen or so balls to the uh, the Negro Museum in Kansas City. Uh, and uh, being, a, being a big part of that, and, uh, he's, he's what this game is all about. Uh, passion. Yeah. yeah. I, I just um, finished about three months ago. Um, I sent all of my uh, books um, that I've collected over the years uh, to Gennard's down there at the in Kansas City at the Negro League Museum. Okay, and awesome. and my dad's. I I just think what they're doing is is just so wonderful. Well, you know, my dad played for the Negro League. He played for the Indianapolis Clowns. I think uh, Hank Aaron was on that team with it. And, yeah, that's. Uh, a- I'm sitting here looking at a at this wonderful um, book. There's a new grassroots baseball where legends begin um, photographs that uh, Gene Fruth took, and there's a great picture of um, um, Henry Aaron's childhood home with four or five local high school teams all sitting mm-hmm. around the porch, and of course Henry's rocker is empty. It's just a great <laughs> photograph. <laughs> What a player he was! Are you still do? Are you still with the independent league there, Mike? Are you still doing anything independent league there in Illinois? There. Yeah, we got. Um, I, I, I still got uh, uh, one in um, um, in normal that we've just kind of uh, moved into the collegiate um, league, and I'm divesting. But I still have St. Paul. Uh, we built a new stadium there, Warren. Since I've talked to you about four or five years ago. 7,200 seats, and we've been very fortunate. We're averaging about 8,400, 10 miles from Target Field. So wow. every once in a while, wow. I talk Dave into coming up. You know, he, he doesn't realize that there's a that there's states north of Illinois. <laughs> well, so I tell you what, I like I to get him to St. Paul. Yes. Well, I tell you what, you got a great you got a great atmosphere. I like to get back involved with coaching, maybe managing there. If you, if you got something, I'm I'm putting it out there, Michael. I'm ready to manage. All right, baby, and I'm listening to that. I, I appreciate that. Okay. And, and Dave, thanks for facilitating this. I never really thought of you as a facilitator, but Warren, Warren, can you hang on a little bit since we got off to a slow sure. start? Can you hang on a little bit, and we can bring in sure. Jeff. And sure. And is Jeff there, Mike? So we can bring him on after the news. Yeah, I'll I'll bring him in right after that. Okay, so we're going to take a break. It's a little Prince uh, for the Twin Cities. Uh, Welcome to our fourth annual baseball preview show and on the phone is jeff there jeff's here of course we have jeff idelson we're so lucky to have jeff the president of the national baseball hall of fame and museum since 2008 he's going to be retiring we're going to talk about that in a minute 
with Jeff will be the next president of the National Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum, Mike Beck. <laughs> and on the phone, I believe, from Florida is the great Warren Cromartie. Warren, I brought your book. Uh, I don't know if we'll get around to it because there's so many questions. Slugging it out in Japan, published yeah, a few yeah. years ago. Really, really great book. I wanted to talk about uh, your hitting lessons over there. But as long as I've got all three of you guys, thank you for joining us. Um, I kind of want to make this a group conversation. We were talking, Jeff, we were talking about how important it is, well, at least I think so, and Warren thinks so, I think Mike thinks so, about having baseball back in Montreal. How did the, and all the stuff I've read, and how did the 1981 player strike uh, affect uh, the whole scene in Montreal? If that hadn't happened, was, would baseball still be there? Yeah, well, I, would, I mean, uh, I would I, think I, so. Warren could probably speak better to yeah. that, but... Uh, you know, you you know, I I think they lost some faith there for a little bit, but I was I was in Montreal last year when Tim Raines went in, Warren, you were there, and yes. man, I mean, those two games, it was just absolutely packed. And if there, you know, you couldn't tell the passion from those two nights about a city that deserves to have baseball back. I don't know what else you can do because it was pretty evident to me that uh, Montreal was showing their true colors and really would love to see the game back there. You know, the, the answer to that. Uh... As far as I'm concerned, Montreal's only had one owner, and that's Stephen. That's Charles Brockman. And now we have the alpha male. His son Stephen uh, is part of my group in Montreal, and uh, we've had problems with ownership uh, with with the Expos, and then we had that contraction thing came along. Uh, I think Minnesota was involved in that too, if I'm not mistaken. During that era, it would be, if we didn't get a new stadium, they were going to contract us, and it was a whole it was a whole mess. But um, you know, the city of four million people in Montreal, and and uh, the players love coming to Montreal. And it's, it's a great city. They support their teams, and uh, we're just we, I'm very delighted where we are now with this whole situation. As you know, Jeff said last year, Tim Raines went into the Hall of Fame. Was we had a big party down there, and uh, he saw some of the atmosphere. Those two exhibition games, we sold out 60,000 60, people for two games. Well, I know Dave Dombrowski's always loved that market, and he can speak to that a little bit. And he always felt that, you know, he, he thought that that was going to be smooth sailing, and suddenly they pulled the plug. So that contraction yeah. stuff, though, you know, that was that was never going to happen, Warren. They they walked around Minneapolis and St. Paul and talking about, well, you know, we got to get smaller, and you're thinking <laughs> that just wasn't going to yeah. happen, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. For all you guys, besides Montreal, and you know we're gonna have games in London. I've actually gone down to see the Cubs and the Expos play in Puerto Rico. Um, for and and Warren, you can speak to this too because you've you've played in Japan. Where do you see the future of the game uh, going internationally? I mean, the NFL has done it. Certainly, the NBA's done it. How do you see baseball moving forward? Well, that? I think I think that's uh, a a mission of the Commissioner Manfred. Uh, he wants to promote uh, baseball all over the world. They're going to play in London. They're going to try to play in Mexico. They've already opened the season in, in Tokyo with Ichio this past couple of days. And uh, that looks like an, uh, every other year type thing. So they're trying to spread the word international major league baseball. So, uh, you know, as long as there's a market for it, you know, and Mike will tell you that if there's a market for it, there's a way to get it in there. Yeah, I, I think that this could be a real boon for the relations, especially this point in time, an announcement that Mexico City um, could be expecting a major league team in the next three to five years and have it be real. I, I, I think we need to improve our, our, our relationship 
um, with Mexico, certainly between Mexico and the United States, and I think that's a perfect way to do it, and I think baseball, by making that announcement, living up to it and delivering, um, also reasserts itself as, as one of the premier sports rather than this continual barrage we take from the NFL and college football and whatever else. I, I just think this is we should lead in this in repairing relations with our southern neighbor. Yeah, you're so well, right. I tell you what, you know, this is what baseball does. Baseball has this tremendous ability to transcend, and it cuts through all the problems, all the bad communication, and somehow or another, baseball finds its way to settle things down, to pave the way. And, uh, you know, Mexico, Portland, they talked about a couple other places. And, you know, we just, we're just waiting in Montreal. We are really excited about it. You know, I, I was looking at the, um, the print version of the uh, Sports Illustrated Baseball Preview, and there's a quote from Alex Bregman in there. It says, how do we make, again, something for all three of you, how do we make baseball as marketable as the NBA and NFL? How do we blow this game up and make our stars huge? You know, mm. and I, I've read that a lot. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm, Mike Trout gets a lot of criticism not being colorful. I don't, I don't know if that's that's a thing. But how do you do that? How do you just go out and, and attract a younger audience? And have you seen that at the Hall, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, I think we we've got smart about it the last three, four, five years where we. Uh, you know, deployed our photographer, Gene Fruth, who we, Mike brought up earlier, and she uh, connected with the, the current game. And as we tie the current game to history, you have that opportunity to show people that, uh, you know, that young young players are history makers. And Alex is right on. And, you know, he's a guy, he's a little brash, he's a little out there, uh, but he gets social media, he gets the understanding of, connecting on a point-to-point -point with fans, which is what social media does. And the more you see these players embrace it and uh, utilize it and the clubs support the players, I think you're going to see a younger generation continue to uh, flock to games. Mike? You know, my thing goes back to accessibility. As soon as I get a chance to go out on the field, I'm a seven-year-old, I shake hands with Warren Cromarty, and my life is cast as a baseball fan. And uh, in St. Paul, for example, where we have control because we're an independent team, we only have a couple rules. And one of them is you never brush past a kid and not sign an autograph. And at the start of every season, this is our 27th year in independent baseball, I always have my partner Bill Murray come. He's a little more famous than a few of these guys playing shortstop in, 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 in the game right now. And he signs autographs for kids all day long. And that's what we need. We need to have the kids in the stands be able to get to their heroes, touch them, get an autograph, and not get nicked for it, not get charged for it. But clinics, anything that gets six, seven, eight-year-old girls and boys onto the field, we need a whole new generation of fans. And it's easy to do. It just requires a commitment and a culture of each ballpark, each of the major league parks, that kids are our product. You know, we got to take a break, but one thing I'm worried about, maybe we can talk this after the commercial, is uh, there's so many things I want to get to, but um, families being priced out of major league stadiums. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in Chicago where people are going to more minor league ballparks because, uh, especially on the north side, it's a little, little more pricey to get in there. But uh, And family-orientated. Yeah, family right. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back with uh, Jeff Idelson, Mike Beck, and the great Warren Camardi. Don't go away on WGN. Welcome back to Nocturnal Journal. I'm Dave Hoekstra. This is the fourth annual baseball preview show. And on the phone, we have author, drummer, ambassador,
and the inspiration for the crowbar at Olympic Stadium, Mr. Warren Cromarty. We also have Mike Vec, uh, owner of the St. Paul Saints, Charleston River Dogs, and others. And thanks so much for joining us. Uh, they're together over there in San Francisco. Jeff Idelson, the president of the National Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum in Cooperstown. Jeff, what are you going to do after after your retirement? When, when does it exactly take place? Will you be around for the induction? I'm going to take over for Neil Pert as soon as he steps down. And <laughs> Crow, I'm, Crow, I'm bringing you back to the show. And I didn't go to MIT, and I'm not as smart as Neil, but I'll try to. I'll try to do my best. You play. So, you, uh, you play a little. You play a little bit, Neil. You play. You play. Me? Yeah, no, I can fake it though, pretty good. <laughs> I, I still got my original set of Ludwig's, and I play a little guitar, but um, that's it. A little is the. Still do it. Hammer around at it. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. No, Dave, thanks. 25 years in Cooperstown, it's been really a lot, of, a great run, and I'm going to stay through August and uh, help finish off a few projects. And, uh, you know, just uh, I've I really enjoyed it there. we got a great induction class coming in this year with both sides of Chicago covered with Lee Smith and Harold Baines uh, and uh, some other great uh, names, Mariano Rivera. But, um, you know, uh, uh, I, you're going to see uh, Mike was telling you about uh, this great book that uh, Gene did uh, called Grassroots baseball where legends begin there's 13 hall of famers in it and it's just a gorgeous photography book and i think that's going to be the first in the series and um I think the next one, I think I can tease it by saying we're going to start it in Chicago, uh, Dave, and uh, maybe go south from there towards Chicago and uh, look at baseball in that vein as well. Can you, can you say a little? I, I'm just obsessed about going to visit Robin Roberts' uh, history in Springfield, <laughs> Illinois. Get your kicks hey, yeah, on yeah. Route 67. There you go, yeah. <laughs> when, Robin, when Robin Roberts retired, he had given up more than more home runs than any other pitcher in history, Dave, and you probably know that, yeah. but... He gave his he started his induction speak, speech. The, the, he's one of the most self-effacing guys I ever met by saying, "If I invited all the guys that I had given up a home run to to be here today, they never would have fit into Cooperstown." But yeah, Springfield, <laughs> Illinois guy. They got the ballpark and the uh, prospect league named after it. Dennis Bastian's league down there, and uh, Robin was a prince. We miss him in Cooperstown. I actually saw him speak at the Hall of Fame. It was uh, uh, years ago, but you did like a thing for it was a media tour or something, and he was such a great speaker. He did so much for the game. He did so much for the play. Players, you know, he really did. He was uh, he was part of the uh, uh, the movement that got Marvin Miller brought in, and uh, he wasn't keen on the strikes to happen. But he saw the value of having someone of Marvin's stature uh, represent Ooh. the players, and he couldn't have been more right. Um, I wanted to talk. Uh, I don't want to give away the book, but uh, it's in line with what we were talking before the break about part of the, what your next journey will be will be outreach with with kids. So talk about what you'll be doing there, and then maybe we could swing it over to, to, to Warren and you guys about also reviving baseball in inner cities. But how, well, you know, bringing the game out to, out, out to kids. Yeah, no, and as we've been talking about, and as Mike's uh, stated so eloquently, it is a book about, or it is a, the, the game is about kids, and, uh, you know, that's what I want to get involved with, and uh, giving back uh, to kids, uh, you know, at the amateur grassroots level, and, you know, really celebrating the grassroots game, and uh, whether it's uh, providing equipment or celebrating the game by, uh, you know, giving these kids exposure and giving them an opportunity, um, that's one part of baseball that is never going to go away, and, um, you know, as much as I love the Hall of Fame and what we do there, the amateur game, it's where it's at, and I'd like to see uh, more kids have an opportunity to play the game, and uh, that's where my focus is going to be. And what about um, in, in cities? 
Yeah, no, I think whether it's cities, whether it's rural, whether it's U.S. or outside the U.S., uh, kids have to have that opportunity, and um, uh, not enough do. And I, I think that with, uh, you know, the the contacts I've had 30, over 33 years in baseball, it's time to see what I can do to give back. And uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to having that opportunity to see more kids succeed and have a chance to play the game. We need to get equipment. That's what I was just going to say. That's yeah. the long and the short of it. We need to get equipment in the kids' hands, you know, very similar to, to the river. Ripkins have a foundation. We need to have uh, foundations all over the country because one of the things that's killing this game is that, that not everybody has access to traveling teams. I mean, um, you know, Warren and I could speak to this all night long if you, if you had the time. We need to get bats, balls, cleats, and gloves into the hands of kids who, who have actually enough geography in inner cities. And the RBI program's good, and the player support of the RBI is good, but it's not there yet. We need safe playgrounds and dump places, literally for equipment. Because, you know, it's easy for kids to get their hands on a football, easy for them to get their hands on a basketball, but, but kids can't afford the equipment, and that's what we have to figure out. And that begins in the inner cities with Saturday morning um, classes and clinics and things, but they get to take home equipment and there's, there's, there's no question about it. look I'm a coach I'm in the inner cities I teach private all the way up to the major leagues and what I see as far as what the game needs as far as trying to get these kids back I think the players need to make themselves more available I'm an ex-player so I know what these fans come out early they want to touch you they want to see you they want your autographs now since this, uh, the financial aspects of baseball has made the common sense thing, the give back things, a little obsolete. You almost got to, almost got, almost got to. Don't, don't want to say beg, but you really got to sit there and get in their face and try to get an autograph. And as far as equipment goes, look, I'm a big fan of the the, uh, the, the what Major League Baseball is doing, but I think Major League Baseball can do a hell of a lot more of what they're doing in the inner cities with baseball. They got all the camps over. The Latin American, which is great. Dominicans, they got great ball players. They know they this is their livelihood. If they get a chance to get with a team, they'll sign a contract. And next thing you know, they're in the major league. I want to see a total commitment to the inner cities around Major League Baseball. And Major League Baseball has got enough clout, enough money to make this happen. And there's another lot that we got great weather down here in South Florida as, as well to create something. If they want to get the minority kids in here, the city the city kids in here, like Mike just said, look, they can pick up a basketball, you know, they can they can dunk all day long, you know, they can they can go uh, play pay pay ten dollars, thirty dollars, whatever it is to sign up for a football league, flag football, pop water football, they got a helmet, they got they got a helmet, they got pads. They're on a team. Baseball is a is a different uh, situation there. You gotta work at it a little bit. You got to work at it. You see the the Heisman Trophy guy uh, decides to go play football, doesn't want to play baseball because he knows he's going to have to work to get in the major leagues compared to the NFL. He gets a pass on. Maybe, you know, he starts playing the NFL. So, you know, I mean, we we still have a long way to go. There's still some obstacles there, but there's there's a way of uh, making all this happen. Jeff, you've been with the – we got a few minutes left. You've been with the Hall overall since 94, right? Right, 25 years. Where do you see it going? 
Well, I don't see it going anywhere. It's not moving. It's not like Kansas, you know. It's not blowing away. No, it's, uh, the museum is doing really, really well. And, uh, you know, I think, I think what you're going to see is you continue to uh, expand to the younger demographic. Uh, we're making a concerted effort with kids to, to reach more kids who are watching the game today and have them realize that history happens every day, digitizing our collection to get people involved, uh, really making those efforts with uh, bringing – uh, activities in the Cooperstown and camps, and uh, the museum's in a great place. It's doing incredibly well, and uh, the induction classes are big. Classic weekend every year. We do Memorial Day weekend. We bring in one retired, recently retired player from each of the 30 clubs, kind of like the old-school All-Star games, and uh, the players all interact with the fans. They get to shake hands, take photographs. So the museum's in a great place and continues to just uh, be a real uh, significant force in the baseball community. Okay, in the time we have left, can you all just go around and, and talk about how people can find out what you're up to and start with, with Warren? Is there a website uh, for... Uh, well, you, you, you can see what I'm doing here in Montreal, MontrealBaseballProject.com, MontrealBaseballProject.com. Check us out there, what we're doing. Uh, we, uh, we're around the third head for home, trying to get the Expos back in Montreal. We're feeling really good about it. And I have ties in, in Japan. I'm working in Japan also, but I'm looking forward to get back into the game. Mike, you need a manager? Let me know. Okay. <laughs> I'll be I, I'm paying attention there, pal. <laughs> and Mike, uh, oh, before we got one minute. Can we talk about uh, Disco Premonition? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you know, it's the 40th anniversary. The White Sox have acknowledged it. My attitude is, hey, man, we're going to have Disco Premonition on a day coming in in St. Paul. And luckily I don't have the same problem I had in 79 is we're, we're averaging 8,000 and we only seat 7,200. So I'm knocking on wood. And funisgoodteam.com is uh, – where you can reach us or saintsbaseball.com. I hope we don't give away 50000 on the Sweet 16. That's all I got. You're, you're the, and, <laughs> and, Jeff, thanks so much. Have you, have you guys gone to new lefty old duels out there yet in San Francisco? I know they moved it over by the wharf. I, I want to check it out. I don't know if you've gone over there yet. Uh, yeah, it's over there by the lefty old duel bridge. And yeah. uh, if you want to learn more about kids in the uh, great game of baseball, genefruitimages.com or amazon.com is where you can get grassroots baseball. You want to come to Cooperstown and see Lee Smith and Harold Baines get inducted, baseballhallofame.org. <laughs> Great idea. Thanks, you guys. This this was a blast. Uh, we'll see you at the Cozy Dog on Route 66 this summer, yes. Jeff. All right. And thank you. And we're going to take a All break. Right. And take we'll care, be back Warren. with Pat Thanks, McLaughlin. Babe. All right, Michael. Thank you. All the best, Jeff.